Hey everyone, welcome to the Behind the Scenes Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Audrey. And on this podcast, we share the messy, honest, unfiltered, and not so curated parts of our life. Think of this podcast as a bunch of bloopers with some truth bombs sprinkled throughout. That's right. We're going to be taking you behind the scenes of our daily routines, our social media feeds, and what you may or may not have seen on TV. We're going to be talking relationships, family, faith, business, basically whatever we are learning about, fighting about, or laughing about lately. We're going to be sharing our daily life, our struggles, successes, and our roses and thorns from each week. And we don't want this podcast to just be about us. So we're also going to go behind the scenes with some of the people who inspire us the most. We hope this podcast feels like you're joining us for a campfire. Come hang out. So over the past few months, we have been talking a lot about one particular theme, which is rest, slowing down your life. Anti-hustle. Eliminating hurry. and Regaining our humanity. Trying to get back to these rhythms that enable us to experience a life that's more full of joy, peace, and love, which if you listen to our episode with John Mark Comer from a few weeks back, All three of those things are incompatible with hurry. And so just learning how to slow down and create rhythms for your life that enable you to do that. Um, Today's guest is in that same kind of vein. So her name is Emily Lay. You may have heard of her. She has three books, also three children. And her most recent book just came out a few weeks ago, When Less Becomes More, Making Space for Slow, Simple, and Good. So again, like I said, kind of in that same vein, if you've been loving the episodes from the past few weeks um, or past couple months where we've just been talking with a lot of people about that concept of just slowing down and um, you know, less rushing, less noise, less distraction for more rhythm and yeah. connection and calm. And so we have a really great conversation with Emily today. It's one of our super favorite good conversations conversation. we've had in a while. Yeah. And we're just super excited for you guys to listen in on it and learn with us. Yeah. And not just learn, but actually like convince yourself and recognize the problem enough to want to do something about it and, and, uh, live a more, I don't want to say good life, but just kind of purposed life Mm -hmm. that's, uh, embracing a little bit more of our humanity than what culture is really kind of impress, um, impressing on us. So super good convo. And I think it's very, very timely for our time. Yeah. And I think you're also going to leave with lots of just practical ideas, which Jared and I really love, like, okay, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. But like, what do we do about it? You know? And I feel like I love it when our listeners or when our guests Guests. on the show give us, here's a, here's a really practical thing that you can do right now today. Um, and we made sure to we made sure to ask her some of those. So, <laughs> so stick around. It's got we've got an awesome uh, conversation here. So let's With Emily Lay. Let's jump into it. Yeah, we did eight stops in five days, and so now oh, we're yeah. home. Wow. That's it was fun. Awesome. <laughs> I know the lot. I've done book tours before that have really been like really draining, and this one was so much fun. Like That's I just cool. came home like on fire, and it just thrilled about this this book and this message. And so it was, it was a really, it was a good, it was a treat. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you like, you know, you learn so much from the first one and then the second one, and then you're like really dialing it in by the next one. You know what you want to say no to when it comes to book tour. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. Like I knew, you know, how we wanted to set it up and how we wanted to arrange everything. And so it was great. And I took one of the girls that works with me, with me, Hannah, and um, we just had a really good time. Oh, that's super fun. That's cool. Yeah. So this was your third book, correct? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then what are the previous two? Grace, not perfection, and yep. then the second, simplified life. The simplified the life. One. And then mm-hmm. you you have the planners, right? Yep. And then we did a. We've done a couple things in between. We did a Bible study, and then we did a, a guided journal um, cool. as well. But this was we, this is the like book book wise. This is the third book book. Nice. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, congrats because it was just a week ago, right? Yes, it was last Tuesday. Last Tuesday. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. So take Thank us you. take us down memory lane a little bit cuz we feel like we're still we just did this and we just did this for the first but time. But it was months but, it was months ago now. You know, launching a yeah. book, going on tour, all the work that goes into not only writing it but then releasing it to the world and you don't know how people mm-hmm. 
are going to receive it and just all of the things talking with a bunch of people like us on podcasts, you know, going all around the country, time zones. So give us a little taste of like what life's been like the past week and maybe how good it is to be home for at least a few days. It's, I mean, it's like birthing a child, right? Yeah. yeah it totally... uh, I don't know about how, I don't know if I want to compare it to that. Well, right. <laughs> that, that might be a step up. Not, I'm getting ready to do that home. again here pretty soon. And I'm like, oh dear. Right. <laughs> like, a month I know. It's, I keep calling it my book baby because I just, yeah, you love totally. it so much for mm-hmm. so long and it's just yours. And mm-hmm. then you yes. put it out into the world and you just hope all goes well. And um, it's been amazing. I mean, I, um, so Grace Not Perfection, my first book, came out in 2016, and it was um, it was my story. You know, it was my whole story of how we started Simplified, our, our company, and then, um, you know, our, our kids being born and all of that. A Simplified Life was very, very tactical, like how to organize, how to simplify life. And then when Less Becomes More, I, I had a book deadline, and I sat down with my husband and I and I said, I have all these ideas of things I want to write about. And and I and maybe I will one day, but like right now I'm just so tired and I'm so overwhelmed and I'm just I feel really empty. And Brian was like, Well, that's a big word. Yeah. <laughs> um and I said, I just feel like I've been like at max capacity for months mm. on end and I, I, I want to get off the hamster wheel and I'm yeah. just I'm so tired and I don't know how I'm going to write about anything. And he said, that's your story. And I said, well, I don't, I don't want to write that. That's not fun. I'm not through it. Like I'm in the middle of like experiencing serious, serious burnout. And, um, and he said, he reminded me of a quote I heard one time, you write the book you you need to read. Mm -hmm. And, um, I did, I wrote, this one was so different because I wrote it from being in the trenches of, being really, really, really burned out mm-hmm. and having a lot of good things going on. Um, you know, nothing tragic or treacherous was happening. It was a lot yeah. of good stuff, but it was, I just felt so, so disconnected and so far from myself. And it's funny when I sat down to write, like, what would it be like to live life a different way, to unsubscribe from this message that the mm-hmm. world is telling us that we have to live life with our hair on fire? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what would that look like? And the words just came out. I mean, I wrote more words than I needed, which is usually not the problem. Yeah, <laughs> it just it just poured out. So it was um, it was a really cool experience to write the book, and um, you know, almost therapeutic in a way to kind of work through these things with the reader. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I wrote it in January of this year, so it was uh, it was a lot okay. Of fun. So that was a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, I tend to be a really quick writer. I, I've, I love to write and I've, I've been a writer kind of my whole yeah. life, but um, I, I do like I, I, with all three of my books, I've sat down and written them pretty quickly because I just, I give it all I got for a, a you know, a yep. sort of short amount of time and, and then now it comes, you know? Yeah. So how many, you have three kids real quick. And I just want yeah. to know how old are your kids? Like, how are you able so my- to do this? Yeah. How are you able to do this with children? (laughs) I don't know. Um, I'm still figuring that out. Um, Yes. So my husband, Brian, and I've been married for 11 years and our oldest, uh, his name is Brady and he's eight. And our youngest too, we like to say we got a BOGO. It's Tyler and Caroline. They're twins and they're four. Oh, Oh, cool. That's yeah, awesome. they're awesome. It, they're, and it's so funny. We always laugh and say that God had no mercy on the volume level of our house when he gave us our kids because yeah. they're all huge personalities. Just, oh, that's fun. Yeah, big that's, personalities, so much fun. That's a um, lot. But they're, yeah, it's it's a lot. It is. <laughs> it's amazing and wonderful, and it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so before we – I've got a bunch of questions, but before <laughs> – so does Audrey. Yeah. But before we jump into it, why don't you – because we kind of, we just jumped right in, but get, frame us up, you know, tell the audience who you are, where you live. Yeah. You just said you're married 11 years, three kids, but you know, yeah. where do you live and give us a quick little recap there. Yeah. So, um, we live in Pensacola, Florida. We actually just moved back here about a year ago from Tampa where we lived for a while. And, um, uh, about 11 years ago, same year we got married, I started a company called Simplified. And um, when my my son was born and I was 
I was a graphic designer at the time, designing anything I could get my hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking for a planner or like an organizational tool, a solution really to help me get my life together. And every planner I found was really complicated. Mm-hmm. And my um, yeah. kind of my life's I don't know. It's, it's always been in the back of my head, like, does all of this have to be so complicated? Can we make it easier? Are there ways to automate and simplify things? And so I made a planner that was very simplified, and it became the simplified planner. And now it's used by women all over the world. And I have a team of um, eight women, and they're all remote. We all work together to support this community and um, make these products for women to help them make their lives simpler. And the books have kind That's of been awesome. born out of that. Yeah. yeah. I, when, it, when my publisher approached me about taking this message and putting it into a book format, um, it, was a, it was a big honor. I was an English major in college, so it was a big, yeah. a big dream yeah. to write a book. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. So you started yeah. a company called Simplified. And through that yep. process, you reached a point of complete burnout. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so walk us through like how, because isn't that the truth, right? We, you know, our, yeah. our ambitions, you know, as pure as they might be, lead us down a road, but we don't always know or recognize the destination. And so you mm, got to a point. That po- is exactly it. Yeah, you got to a point. And so, you know, how did you get there? How did you get to the point of burnout? You know, um, it, you just said it exactly the way I always describe it. You're, you're, it's like you're on a train and the train's moving really quickly and you think like the wheels are on, the scenery's great, we're doing this right, we're going really quickly, but we don't realize sometimes we're headed toward a brick wall. Mm, yeah, and totally. And that was kind of what happened for me. I mean, the year um, that I had infant twins at home, I was on 48 airplanes trying to um, support oh this business that was growing by by leaps and bounds. Um, the, our company, our, our simplified mm-hmm. planners were carried in 800 stores around the world in 2015. And it sounds really good. Wow. Like when some when someone reads your bio to say your products are carried in 800 stores around the world, but it doesn't feel good. Yeah. It was yeah. really hard. <laughs> and our team was maxed out. I was maxed out. I was so far away from the reason I had started the company, which was to have flexibility as a mom. And mm-hmm. I was just completely maxed out. And so I had said yes to everything along the way because that's what we do. I mean, that year I was on the inside cover of Forbes magazine. I mean, oh it gosh. sounds awesome, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it was a it was a life that was way bigger than what I wanted, and it was way more complicated than the message of Simplified. And so we decided that year, this was 2015 or 16, we decided to cut 40% of our revenue and lose the wholesale side and get back to what we cared about the most, which was connecting directly to women in our community online um, to sell our Simplified planners. And the following year, we doubled our company, even cutting all of that because we decided we were going to get back to what really mattered. And I started looking around at our, you know, how we had done that and looking at my own life and thinking, could I prune our life a mm-hmm. little bit to let go of some of the excess, even if it's good, right? Like yeah. wholesale, it was great. But like by pruning it, could I allow something else, the things we really cared about to flourish and grow? And that's how When Less Becomes More was born. It was the journey of what are we going to say no to so that the stuff that really matters can can grow. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that we, I mean, I feel like anyone who's in the entrepreneurial space, whether they run, you know, a shop or write books or whatever it is, you reach this point where the thing that you're doing, it grows and scales. You have to scale either proportionally with it or you have to realize like, wait a second, I've reached this point of the burden of opportunity where I could yeah. keep doing, like you said, I can keep riding this train towards the brick wall. Right. It seems like everything's going the right way, but you know, to prevent hitting that wall, to prevent that crash, like, yeah. do I need to actually take this massive change and right. scale back? Or like you said, letting go of wholesale or whatever that looks like. And you know, to be honest, and our listeners know this, Jer and I are very much in that season of like, yeah, we're still in the beginning stages of growing the things that we do and are now at this spot where we're like, well, hold on, time out. Well, <laughs> we're also mm-hmm. growing our family. <laughs> yeah. Well, How do those two, you know, Yeah. To be frank, coincide? just a couple of weeks ago, we made some very serious decisions and, and uh, you know, 
it, they're really <laughs> yeah. hard. They're really yeah. hard, and so we're waiting to see how they how they you know flesh out and and whatnot. But this is a very important message for, yeah. and we say that just to be a little frank. You know, for us, this is really good, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to get into this more. But um, I think it's not just us, and yeah. I think a lot of people oh, totally agree are feeling this way. And mm-hmm. my thought, real quick, is you you know the, the going back to the train analogy. Um, a lot of us jump on the train, but what we're failing to do is is choose our destination. We just find ourselves at a destination. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. And so, totally, like, completely agree. And so, for you, I'm curious, what is your new destination? You know, like what is that thing now? You know, that's how is the train powering your newfound destination rather than leading you to an unexpected one? You know, I think. Um, Sorry, I just a lot thought of things. Of that. <laughs> I, I think that no, it's good. I, it's totally good because I think one of the most revolutionary experiences I had in writing the book was um, I started to think about what it would mean to choose a good life and not a great life, and was it okay to want that? Yeah. Like, did I have to want to raise the valedictorian, mm-hmm. or could I raise the kid who was kind? And mm-hmm. is one better? Like, is one better than the other? Is mm-hmm. one not okay? I mean, my husband and I sat down and said, "What does the good life look like? Like, what is that thing that we're chasing after so hard? Yeah, every day, like pushing toward and pushing toward." And what we realized is it's it's where we are right now. Like this, Boom. this is good. Where we are right now is so good. And for so long, I was at odds with my. My circuit, my current situation, and feeling all this anxiety, you know, like, okay, we were dating, let's get married, we're married, let's have a baby, we have a baby, let's have more, you know, let's move home, let's buy the house, let's do all the things. And we just find ourselves so discontent. And we started thinking, like, could we eliminate a lot of that anxiety? Could we slow down the pace and stop the rush if we redefine the good life? And for us, the good life looks like where we are. So, you know, we've done a lot of press stuff around the book and a lot of people have asked me like, what, okay, you just released this book that your company's doing great. Like what's next? And all I can think is, (laughs) I just want to keep doing what we're doing. Like if I get to keep doing this for 10 more years, what a treat it will be. Yeah. I mean, I, the good life for me right now looks like on a Saturday morning, taking my kids to the library and sitting on the floor. Um, in the past, if you had asked me that, I would say the good life looks like a whole lot of awards and some banner years in the shop mm-hmm. with our planner sales. Yeah. You know? yeah. But it, it, for me, it, I feel this cultural title, like this, this change of tide. Like we're all starting to have these conversations about what would it look like Absolutely. to slow down yes. and to say, we don't want to live this way anymore. And I'm so excited to be a small part of it because I think we are not only going to change the world for ourselves, but for our kids as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our kids are starting to, I mean, they're the ones that get to benefit from seeing the writing on the wall. You know what I mean? When it comes to how social media and the digital age, how that all is playing a part of this big problem of anxiety, what's next, more is better. Mm-hmm. And every day we're scrolling through feeds of what we don't have, what we want to be, where we should go, who always we're not. Behind. Always behind. Yeah. Um, our kids are, I mean, they get the benefit of seeing, <laughs> I, I don't want to call it a benefit, but you know, they're, they're seeing yeah. what it's doing to us. And I think that's going to further yes. uh, help the cause of people waking up and realizing, you know, like you just said, the good life is where we're at now, contentment. Um, yeah. And so I'm excited for it too. <laughs> yeah. Because Totally agree. You know, I, I feel like for a long time, and, and this is just something we've kind of picked up from a lot of our followers and customers and friends that we've been reactive yes. to society, to modern conveniences, to social media, to all of this, rather than being proactive. Mm-hmm. And I think now's the time where a lot of us are starting to say, I, I'm starting to feel weird about these things. Like, let's put some boundaries in place. Let's yeah. talk about the ways we're allowing these things into our lives rather than just blindly accepting. Yes. Them. Yeah, that's so let's good. Let's parent our phones. Yeah. Right. For, it, for, rather than letting them, you know, rule parent us. us. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So with that being said, what, do you, what would you say is the most radical thing you've done um, to slow down? 
Like, what's kind of the 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 foot in the, the first foot in the sand big big thing you did? I know you already said you decided to cut your um, you know, your sales and or your uh, wholesale division. Yeah. But personally, like in yeah, your life with your family, your husband, your marriage, your kids, what's kind of the one thing, biggest thing you did to slow down? Um, I took social media off my phone for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I since added it back because I can't negate the fact that my business exists because yeah. of it. Yeah, it's a helpful um, tool for sure. Right. It's helpful. It's helpful. But taking a real sabbatical away from it Mm -hmm. was life changing. I mean, I took the time that I wrote the book, it was 30 days. Um, I have a team that managed it while I was away, but I took 30 days with without it. And I was off of email. I was off of social media. And what I realized, two things, my my depth of focus I wish you were sitting right in front of me so you could see my hands when I do this because my, <laughs> my depth focus went from way out there, like way out into the world. All of a sudden it shrank almost jarringly, like really quickly right back to what is in front of my face. Yeah. yeah. And what that was Reality. was like my husband, my kids, my friends down the street. It wasn't all the people out in the world. Now those people matter obviously but but it made me realize just how like stretched thin i was because yes. i was trying to care deeply about a whole lot of things at once and i don't think we were built that way yeah. so Absolutely. that that was like a really cool experience that made me say this is something i want to do every year or maybe mm-hmm. once a week just to you know reset myself because it it made me have a new appreciation for it and that kind of leads me to the next thing that you know I had this fear that I was going to get off of social media and technology for a month, and then I was going to not want to come back to it. And I, wh- where would that leave me with person with an internet company? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and what I realized was, you know, midway through, I, I really missed it. Like, I, I missed my kids' teachers posting pictures of them during the day. And I missed, you know, my friends keeping up with what they're doing when they live out of town mm-hmm. and, and seeing our customers and how they're using their products. And yeah. it, um, I realized I realized what a good tool it is when we use it correctly. And when yeah. we, you know, we follow the right people and we give ourselves the right amount of time to use it every day at the right times. Um, so really just that taking a break, like really just helped reset all the good things about it and all of the the ways that I was misusing it, you know, picking it up when I was bored just to scroll or picking up when I was busy just to procrastinate and give my brain something new to look at. Mm. Um, That was a really cool experience and something that I would encourage anybody to do to take time away. Yeah. So what I'm just curious, you know, after coming out of that, and it's so interesting because we, we we literally did the exact same thing when we were in the final edit of our book, we took 30 days 30 off days, and it was yes. like, I feel like God just blessed that time, our thought process. And for Jared and I, we co-authored our book. So like just our connection yes. was super important throughout the entire process of writing it, that we would just be yes. on the same page, <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. And I feel like that was something that was just like a very, like you said, like life-giving experience for us. But then since coming back to it, did you make changes in terms of boundaries? Like, you know, do do you have rules for parenting your phone? Do you have a day off a week? Do you have, like, are there things like that that you've since implemented as more of like a long-term way of regulating that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I started to realize that, while social media was kind of the culprit for me that I would kind of go to at all times, it wasn't just social media. So you know how your phone has that like screen time feature on yeah. it? Yeah. It'll tell you. So I it, it said five and a half hours a day in January, early January before I took time away. And I was like, that's gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I wonder what mine like, is. Like midway. <laughs> know, Look right? it up real quick. As I Look reach for my phone. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Midway through the whole, you know, time away, yeah. I realized that my my screen time wasn't dramatically decreasing like I thought it was because huh. it wasn't necessarily yeah. social media that was so bad. Mm. It was my habit. So yeah. my I was habitually picking it up. That's as a an really escape. good point. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, Emily, it's not Instagram that's the problem. It's you. Mm. And it's the way you're you have trained yourself to be with this thing. And so yeah. now I, 
I've just tried to put some good healthy habits in place. Like at night, do I need to spend three hours on my phone looking at things and falling asleep as I'm scrolling through, you know, be it Instagram or the news app or Facebook or whatever? No, like, now I try to have that toolbox that I go to or say, let's make a cup of tea and let's take a bath or read read a good book in your hands. Or I love Audible. I listen to a lot of books. So I'll do that. Um, but but just putting some things into place that replace that have been has been really helpful. And also putting it out of reach at times. I mean, it's it's really nice to lose your phone sometimes and not oh, know yeah. where it is. It's the best. And I, I think too, like our kids learn that. I mean, they yeah. They see, and they're they're not only are they watching one day. I mean, I hope my kids don't have phones for like thirty years, but yeah, when they never. do, they're gonna remember. <laughs> you know, when yes. you had yours in your hand. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Ember will, and I'm not proud of this, but like, if my phone, if I leave it in the other room, she'll grab it and come carry it in and hand it to me and be like, "Mama, here you go." And I'm like, "Ugh, this is horrible." Like the fact that she knows and thinks that I need yeah, to have it, it with it me is. at all times is just yeah. terrible. Like, how do I? Yeah. My, my kids have done the same thing. And I've <laughs> yeah. said, oh, it's okay. I don't need it right now. And I'll go yes. put it away. Like, yes. please remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. Go yeah. put it back in the other kids room. Kids <laughs> are a, a really pure reflection of uh, not necessarily of who we are, but, you know, what we do. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, is, so true. it is sobering sometimes. Well, and I want to ask too, just because, you know, we talk a lot on our podcast about just marriage and relationships. And we have talked in the past a lot about the dynamic of phone use within your marriage and just, you know, the effect that that can have on a marriage when two people are just sitting on the couch at home, not connecting with each other, but connecting with the world on their phones. Mm-hmm. And Just, I mean, and I don't know much about your husband, Emily, like what he does for work or what his thought, does he have social media? You know what I mean? But like, how how have you guys, do you guys have conversations around this together and kind of like agree together on certain things or like, what is that dynamic for you guys? Yeah, definitely. So Brian is very much my opposite. He has social media, but he doesn't use it for work. So he's like... I think his Instagram bio says, I'm Emily Lay's husband. Oh, funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So he doesn't really use it for anything other than keeping up with friends and things like that. But yeah. um, but he, uh, he has never been drawn to his phone the same way that I am. Mm. But he is an entrepreneur. So he does own his own company. Um, and he obviously will be attached to it for email and that sort of thing. The, his struggle is fantasy football. <laughs> yeah. <And> so uh, <laughs> we, we do like he, when I talk about social media, he talks about fantasy football. Um, but we have agreed that we, we want, we see the value in our kids having a little bit more of an analog existence. And we know that we have to exemplify that to them, you know? Totally. And so we've both agreed that it's something that we try to be mindful of and we try not to slap each other's hands mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, it's easy to be like, put your phone down mm-hmm. <laughs> either way, him to me or me to him. And we've done that in the past and it just makes everybody annoyed. But um, now we, tr- we, we try to have agreed upon things like yeah. no phones at the dinner table when it's, you know, when it's family time, it's family time. When we're tucking the kids in, there's nothing more important than who's right in front of our face and that sort of thing. So um, I think it's all about just being on the same page. And then also on the other hand, you know, when, um, when my book was coming out last week and if I had a night where something was going on and, you know, my publisher needed something for me and he, he would say, it's cool. I got it. And I would go in the other room. So I would, I would, remove mm. my face on my phone from the family dynamic yeah, yes. so that they didn't have to sit, watch, you know, cause if you're in the room, they want your attention. Mm-hmm. So I would remove myself from the room and then same for him. He had a big thing going on a couple weeks ago, this trade show. And, and I told him like, just go, go to your office and he'd sneak out and he'd be, you know, he'd be right back. So we just, we just try to be aware and on the same page. Yeah. Um, that being said, it's still, it's still something that I think both of us have to be cognizant of it. I don't think that because technology is getting better and smarter and making our lives even more easier, it's just becoming a bigger and bigger part of life. Mm -hmm. And it's just about being proactive and on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, So that's really good. And speaking Mm -hmm. about that and also just expanding off of social media and phones specifically for a minute, um, you know, you mentioned 
replacing the time and getting back mm-hmm. to like the simplified life and the good life, um, mm-hmm. you know, what are some things that you've, you know, just practically for our listeners and our audience and like, you know, they're shaking their heads in agreeance, but they want to actually have some practical things to do uh, to walk mm-hmm. away from, you know, uh, yeah. what are some of those things that you've implemented? Like you mentioned a bath time is one, I, yeah. um, you know, making a cup of tea with your, you know, by the fire or whatever. Like what are some practical ways to, I guess, not just um, hedge against social media problem, but actually embrace yeah. the simplified life? Well, you know, as somebody who's a, you know, a quote unquote expert in simplifying, I was quick to adopt the conveniences of life. And I'm, I, by the way, I like still love Amazon and grocery delivery and all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I started to think, I started Necessary. to look at it and think, are these things adding to our lives or are they taking away if we do them all the time? And one of the things that I, um, one of the memories that kind of just like came rushing back when I was writing was when I was a kid, my mom, she was a teacher. And so she would take me during the summers to the Kmart parking lot where the bookmobile would come. And the bookmobile was this RV that the local library had turned into a traveling children's library. And my mom and I would go and I would get into the RV and there was books along all the shelves and there was a beanbag chair and I would spend forever just looking through the Clifford books and the Berenstein Bears books and later mm-hmm. like Nancy Drew and all that. And I would sit on the floor and choose my books. And then, my, you know, my mom would take me home and I'd go read them and get so excited to go back the next week and trade them out. But what do I do now when my yeah. kids want a book? Yeah, I buy it on Amazon. Amazon and it comes the next Two days day. later. Yeah. And it's awesome, but like not an experience being lost. Yeah. Right. Because that RV inside that old RV was where I fell in love with, with books and reading and writing. And so do I still use Amazon? Yes. All the time. But did we go last summer and get library cards so that we could go and sit on the floor and look through the books? The bookmobile is not here anymore, but sitting on the floor at the library and, Mm -hmm. and talking about, you know, what is it that you're interested in? Let's go to that section. It, it's such a cool experience that when we're rushing through life, we don't make time for it. And so yeah. it's been a choice. Like, let's make time for this. Another another thing That's that really I, good one. I feel like I kind of lost. Yeah. Another thing I feel like yeah. I lost along the way was washing the car. Like my dad and I would in the summer go outside and fill the bucket with soap and water and he would spray me with the hose and I would blow bubbles on him. And now we're in such a hurry. We just go through the car wash, which is mm-hmm. great. But like, that summer, we got out the hose and the bucket and the brush and the kids put their swimsuits on and we went outside and my little one scrubbed the tires because that's, you know, th- that was their job. And then I did the top and my son did the windows and it was great. But like when we're rushing, that is not easy to do, to yeah. stop and take time to do things like that. Yeah. So, so many things. That once your brain uh, catches I, on to this concept, yes. it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you have to actually take the time. I was just going to say, like, all these things are amazing examples. But, like, not only do you have to be intentional about slowing down to be able to, you know, and changing your habits or making room and space to do those things, but to even recognize some of those things and in your brain go, yeah. oh, we're going to do that, that this weekend. We're going to wash the car this weekend. Or, oh, we're going to go to the library this weekend. You actually have to take mm-hmm. enough moment of pause in your day or in your life or set aside time to go, what are some of those things that I'm doing that are conveniences yeah. that maybe I want to turn right. back into memories with my kids or experiences with yeah. our family? And just kind of for our listeners who know that we talk about this all the time, but one of the things that you know Audrey and I do do that I think reflects this well is our letter writing. And letters are slow, they're inconvenient, they take time, they take material, Um, your your hand cramps, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it's, it's, that's the whole reason we do them is Mm because it takes time, it takes effort. And those are the most loving things we could ever give someone is our time um, and energy and thought written on paper. And that's why for our anniversary every year, people ask us if we still write letters and we do on our anniversary. We don't just post to social media like something about our spouse. She's so blah, blah, blah. It's like posting Mm -hmm. to social media is inherently selfish. There's always something inherently selfish about it. 
Um, yeah, I, I think. And, uh, mm. so letter writing is another one of those just examples. And yeah, I, I, love, I love those. That. That's so, that is so very true. And that is actually one that I hadn't thought of. You're right. It's, yeah. <laughs> there's something so loving about sitting down and taking mm. a pen and writing when you're right. Yeah. My hand cramps all the time when I write. Totally. Cause I'm yeah. so used to typing all the yeah. time. I feel <laughs> like what a beautiful, <laughs> what a beautiful way to bless somebody and, and totally. care for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those are those are some really good examples, though, as well. Um, and once you start thinking about them, you you hear them, or you start, you know, yeah. I'm already thinking, wow, there are so many ways we can slow down and simplify. And that gets to the point of, you know, there's a reason we feel this way, right? Yeah. Like there's, I think there's a reason um, we feel rushed, we feel hurried, and we kind of want to slow down and it's mm-hmm. something in our DNA and our nature. Yeah. And right. we've, ha- I mean, what's really interesting, I don't remember who said it, but we've actually, Emily, and it's, it's kind of funny, the past couple months of our podcast, we've been interviewing a lot of people that have been talking about this concept of yes. slowing yeah. down, you know, Jefferson Bethke, John Mark Comer, Rebecca oh, Lyons, so like all, and you all kind of came out with books that are all in the same yes. theme of like, what our world really needs. And there's a reason why people are connecting so much with your book, with their books, because, and and there's a reason why marketers are marketing, you know, leisure. And, you know, when you see like the ads and stuff like that, it's people like sitting by the fire with their cozy socks doing nothing. Like there's a reason we're drawn to that. You know what I mean? It's because we don't make time for it. And it's just so interesting that like, yeah, I feel like this message is something that obviously is so needed in our world right I, now and in Jared and I's life specifically too. I yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. You know, it part of me at the end of last year with my team, we 2018 was just a banner year for our company. And I we sat down and we were like, what? Like what happened? What why is there this just captivated audience that is so interested in simplifying Mm -hmm. their lives. And we were teaching, you know, A Simplified Life, my last book, was all about the tactical tools like meal planning and decluttering Mm -hmm. your home and stuff that really, really matters. But we started saying like, what's underneath that? Like, why are we all so drawn to these things? And what I I really feel like it's an epidemic of burnout. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, it's funny you mentioned those three authors that you just mentioned because I feel like I need to like sit in a room with the, with them because you the do. four of us That'd keep be getting mentioned because <laughs> all of our books came out at the same time. And yeah. I'm like, how cool to be part of this shift. Yeah. 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 Everyone is talking about it right now. Everyone is right. thirsty to slow down. Mm-hmm. We yeah. want, we want like our humanity back almost. Yeah. Oh, amen. Right. Oh, that's a good line. That's true. Like, that's yeah. kind of that's kind of the subconscious feeling I think a l- many if not most people have is like they feel like they've lost what it actually means to be a human. Yeah. Well, oh and like that's so true. just slowing down as a concept like you know we have like our letter board up in our house right now and it's one of the quotes from John Mark Comer's book and it's I'm I might botch it a little bit but it's like you know, love, joy, and peace are these pinnacle things that we all want as human beings. We all want to experience them, but all three are incompatible with hurry. And like, you can't love well in a hurry. You can't be at peace when you're in a hurry. You can't experience or reflect true joy when you're in a hurry. And, you know, it's like, so how do we get back to that? How do we slow down? And I love the examples that you you know, said, Emily, because like, you know, going to the library with your kids or washing the car, like, those are experiences that are joyful, peaceful, you know, you're loving your kids yeah. well experiences because you've chosen to slow down. You've chosen to not hurry, yes. to not choose the convenient over, you that know. That is a good quote. Yeah. I mean, goosebumps. Just, we need to read it every exactly day. That's right. why we have it up in our house. <laughs> I'm going to put it on my wall yeah. now. That's good. Well, I know. <laughs> so how do we like, how do we keep pressing into this? This is a cultural shift that's happening. And I, I'm, I kind of want to keep digging in on like, you know, we've given a few examples, and one thing I really liked that I read, um, you know, about your book on the site was less rush, more rhythm, less liking, more yeah. loving, less noise, more calm, less fake, more mm-hmm. real, less fear, more community. Yes, and so it, it keeps going. Uh, less stuff, more treasures. I love that one. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a there's 
quite a profound uh, implication in all of that. Um, and so I'm just kind of like, I kind of want to keep exploring. So how do we keep, how do we engage with this cultural shift and act this out? Like, where do people start? Because a lot of people listening, you know, okay, those are some cool examples, but okay, practically, you know, do I, do yeah. I make a list? Do I start with one mm. thing? Do I, I mean, what if I don't even, sure, a bath time. Okay, how do I even map bath time into right. my schedule, you know? <laughs> um, I know, right? <laughs> So how, how you know, does it, I feel yeah. like I, f- I feel like well okay so the the book has some worksheet pages throughout it's like journaling pages awesome. and and so you can do it, it cool. you can do it in the pages but also like get a piece of paper and write down the good life is dot 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 mm. this book was almost that was almost the title of the book actually um, oh, because it's that. so integral to me like to the core of what this is all about we have to redefine the good life mm-hmm. because we are all pushing so hard for so many things. Mm-hmm. Once we redefine that, I think it's stating your core and you then have this standard that you can always go back to that will help you make every decision. And, you know, it is this decision, is adding this thing to my life going to make it more full or more empty? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think just defining that. And then I also think, you know, on our on the book tour, somebody, uh, I think it was Sally Clarkson, asked me, what's the one thing you would want everybody here to do when they leave. And it, for me, it's the hardest thing to do, and that is to be still. Mm-hmm. So my advice is always to go take 15 minutes. Everybody can find 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Take 15 minutes for yourself in a very quiet place. Don't turn on the radio. Don't look at your phone. But just sit there and be still and acknowledge how it is you're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And if you feel overwhelmed or burned out, more than likely – What's happening is there's too much going on, too much mm-hmm. stuff, and we have to decide what we're going to prune and what we're going to say no to to get back to that good life that we're all after. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I love and I love how like just easy, simple, you yeah. know, so on theme with like just your mission, but mm-hmm. that is everyone can take 15 minutes. We can all find right. 15 minutes to do that, and that's yeah. the start of something more well, we, yeah. that will give you more life. You know, yeah, but absolutely. yeah, that's. That's a really good. You know, there's something to say too about like, you know, your book just came out, Thanksgiving's around the corner. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot, I just see a lot of this having to do with being thankful for what's right in front of us and not, you know, what we don't have. Um, It's just an, it's just, thankfulness is such a key component to slowing down, Mm -hmm. I feel. Do you talk about that at all in in your book? Yeah. Well, I think sometimes we don't slow down enough to acknowledge where we are and what we have. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, that's that whole, like, the good life often looks like right where you are. Um, like, for me, to slow down and to look around and say, we're here. Like, we moved home. What a blessing to be yeah. 30 minutes from my parents, you know, to have yeah. family nearby. Um, and so we, you know, it's that, I'm sure you've heard of the tradition where at the Thanksgiving table, everyone goes around and says something <laughs> they're grateful yeah, for. Yeah, I mean. Last year for us, when we did that, it was full of tears because there was so much to be grateful for and thankful for. And I think the practice of taking a look around and acknowledging the goodness, even if you are in a season of challenge, taking a look around and, and realizing the good things that we have to be grateful for, it's it's a beautiful practice that just puts us in a good place. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's super good. Yeah. Well, we're kind of near coming up on our time, but we got a couple more questions for you. Um, yeah. One of them is walk us through, you know, all this being said, you writing this book, you, you know, you uh, realizing, whoa, I need to slow down. And I've now identified what is good, what is the good life for me. What does, you know, walk us through your day? What does kind of like a day in the life look like? Yeah. Every day is different. Um, my kids get up at the crack of dawn. And so do they really um, like five, especially with the time change? Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) My son this morning, I walked in the living room this morning and there's Legos everywhere and they were not there when I went to sleep last night. (laughs) And I said, Tyler, he's four. I said, Tyler, uh, what time did you get up? Cause it's six 30. He said, the nighttime, mom. Oh my gosh, that's wow. amazing. Oh. <laughs> and he said the sun wasn't up. So okay. we'll see how he is this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> the nighttime, school, but, Ember's still, um, Ember's still sleeping nighttime. till like eight. 
Yeah. Well, she also is still in her crib, though, so she can't really get oh, out that, and go that's play true. with Legos. We keep, her, we keep her locked up still. <laughs> She's confined. Yeah. That's amazing. Mine are up with the sun. Um, I try to get up before them, but it's a little hard with yeah. as early as they wake up, yeah. all three of them. Um, but are you a late I, night? They, yeah, I'm a night person. I don't mind waking up early, but, but I'm definitely a night person. Yeah. Um, and so I try to wake up a little earlier than them. Usually it doesn't happen. Um, I get them ready for school. Then my husband takes them. And I, I try to exercise every morning because I just found, I even wrote about it in the book because I just found that it mm. resets me and helps me have the energy I need to, to do things well. Yeah. Um, and then I work from home. So um, I, that was an intentional decision. I wanted to be there in case you know, kids were sick. Again, it's back to like, why did you start the business in the first place? It was to have the flexibility. So um, I work from home. And then in the evenings when my husband gets home um, from work, we try to have like uninterrupted family time. We try Mm -hmm. to do dinner, even if it's like to-go food, we try to have dinner at the table together every single night. My kids are not... um, my kids are not involved in 900 things after school. We That yeah. was kind of one of the things mm-hmm. we learned in the process was that we allow them each to choose one thing during every season, and that adds up to three things. Yeah. And so that way we protect like that downtime because I think – I think childhood in general is in danger that our kids are so stressed out and over, you know, stretched too thin, just like we are, Mm -hmm. that they're missing the, you know, running down the street to hang out with the neighborhood kid or playing kickball in the backyard. So we we try to protect that really intentionally. And so our afternoons aren't crazy, not as they have been in the past. Um, That's cool. Um, yeah, was that something we that you like for you growing up as a kid? Was that something? Did you do all the activities, or were, were your was that something your parents modeled for you? So yes and no. I um, was a dancer in high school, and we practiced forty hours a week. Okay, so wow. yeah, yeah, like it was insane. Um, it, it, I mean, it. I think a lot of that made me who I am. But um, who mm-hmm. I am likes to be a workaholic sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So I have had to battle against that a little bit. But um, yeah, I was involved in a lot of stuff as a kid. Yeah. Um, but my parents were very um, particular about making sure that we had the family time. Like mm. dinner, we always ate dinner at the table together. Yeah. Um, we weren't stretched too thin. But, I, but it's so easy. My eight-year-old wants to do everything. Right. He wants to be in the mm-hmm. play. He wants to do robot club. He wants to play baseball. He wants to do all the things. And we have had to guide him in saying, you know, it's important that you have time, downtime. It's important that you can be bored, that you can have, you know, you can go play outside. That is just as important as you being on the basketball. Yeah. And as you're saying that to him, you're thinking like, wait, I need this reminder too. (laughs) It's like, I just think I've I've seen myself doing that with Ember, you know, a few years out and and going, oh, wait, I don't have yeah. to do all the things either, even though I want to, you know, like. Well, I thought that he was going to be annoyed with me when I said, you know, when Brian and I sat him down and said, we're going to pair back because mm-hmm. we did have him stretch too thin. And we said, we're going to we're going to pair back and we're going to do one thing. He was relieved. Mm-hmm. And what's wow. crazy is that my oldest is so much like me. Like I, I was starting to see anxiety in him at eight. Wow. And that's not okay. It's not. I, and I wanted him, I want him to be bored. Mm-hmm. I want him to go play outside. So I want him to get dirty. Um, I don't need him to be in the you know, NFL one day. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. He's not. It's fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It, I, I mean, the, the chapter on parenting, like, I could have written an entire book about what this is doing to our kids oh, and I'm what sure. an opportunity you we should. have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To model for our kids. Like you don't have to be, I mean, that, the whole book is written to my daughter because mm. I know the be- very beginning I wrote her a letter and then the very end I close it with a letter because I see what a beautiful, bright, joyful oh, little girl she yeah. is. She's the happiest thing on planet earth. And I know that I was that same girl and I'm not anymore. Mm. And so something changes along the way. And if, if I can at all, I want to see, steward her joy in a way that she doesn't have to feel like she has to live her life with her hair on fire when she's 36. Yeah. That resonates. Yeah. With me that on was a your, very uh, deep level. <laughs> that resonates really well. And, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. that was the book video that I watched. Yeah. That was really mm-hmm. cool. 
Yeah. Really special. With the seal tattoo on her hand left over from Circus Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it makes yes. me laugh so much because she has a little tattoo on her hand. I didn't notice she did not that. Wanna, she did not want to take it off. <laughs> I did not notice That's that. Good. Hey, kept, kept her happy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> so if, if you could sum maybe one thing up, um, you know, for anyone that uh, reads When Lust Becomes More, what's kind of the one thing you'd want to, you'd want people to walk away with? I would love for people to walk away from this book knowing that they were not made to be burned out every day, mm-hmm. that God made them for more. Yes. And if they will allow themselves the time to sit down, take inventory of where things are, mm-hmm. and the pa- know that they have the power to make change, no matter the season, no matter the circumstance, we can do things to jump off the hamster wheel. Yeah. Um, and I hope, I just hope that's what they would walk away reading or knowing. That's really good. Really good. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. One thing we always like to like ask our um, people that come on the show is what's something behind the scenes that you've been working on or dreaming about or thinking about lately that's yeah. maybe not everybody knows? Yeah. Well, actually... Um, I have another book coming out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's it's coming out in August and okay. we've been working on it for a while. Um, it's so Grace Not Perfection was my first book. Yeah. And it was written for grown up women, but we are making a young readers edition for oh, girls cool. that are eight to twelve. And it has been wow. it has been so much fun to work on because like I said, I think our kids' childhoods are in danger. Mm-hmm. And um perfectionism is something I've dealt with for a long time and learning to accept and find and give grace in my own life has been a really long journey. So having the opportunity to write that book um, has been really awesome. comes out in August and it actually, I checked yesterday and it's on Amazon already and I haven't even told anybody. But the pre-orders there. Yeah, it's open for pre-order now. So yeah, I'm so excited about it. That's really cool. And I love that age, 8 to 12. I feel like that you know, writing to that specific age group, like that's so needed, you know, for oh my that gosh. topic. What an honor. Like, so I feel cool. like that, that could be such a treasure of a book if we do it right. I'm yeah. really excited about it. I'm Man. excited about that. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing and yeah. getting this thank message out there and not only to us, but to all of our listeners I in think the world. It's very timely, a message yeah. that Audrey and I need ourselves. That we've been working through and yeah, I think you're doing encouraged. an incredible job and we're excited to, um, you know, thank you guys. I love what your you're doing as well. And I, <laughs> yes, I just appreciate you guys having me on. It's been so great to chat with you. And I feel like I, I picked up and learned some things too from our conversation. I'm going to go write that quote down. <laughs> that, that's yes, nice to say. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> it's not from us. So. Yeah. yeah, it's not from us. <laughs> so uh, where can people find you online? Where should we leave them? Yeah, um, you can find me at emilylay.com and also at emilylay or at simplified on all the social media places. Awesome. awesome. And lay is L-E-Y. Yes, you correct. And the book mm-hmm. is "When Less Becomes More: Making Space for Slow, Simple, and Good." Yeah, and it just released. That's so it. go grab a copy if you're looking for a Christmas gift. It's Boom. a good idea. Emily, Yay. this was so fun. Yes, we'll talk. Thank soon. you guys so much. This yeah. has been awesome. Thank you. All right, All right we'll bye, talk Emily. soon. Okay. What a good conversation with Emily Lay. Um, that's probably one of my. Yeah, that's that was a really good one. I, I enjoyed that a lot, and I think her book uh, is going to be a fantastic read mm-hmm. for sure. And it's also timely. Um, you know, most of you guys know if you've been stick if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time that Aj and I are in this exact season, mm-hmm. this season of kind of of uh, you know reaching a point of burnout, mm-hmm. reaching capacity, but then pushing one, two, three, four steps further. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it's caused us to take a take good, inventory to take like inventory and take a good look at what we're doing and why we're doing it and um yeah. i love what she said about you know writing down like the good life is mm-hmm. and then framing your life to tackle that yeah. like we have a mission statement we have other things right. I was, I was but say you that, can yeah. keep adding 
to, you can keep adding things to achieve or accomplish a mission statement. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can always kind of add to the pile in order to get there quicker to do the mission. But it's different when you define what is the good life. Mm-hmm. Because to achieve that, you might actually have to take away. Right, it's impossible well, good life, to keep adding. The good life feels more like a like a daily thing than a destination. Like exactly. your family mission statement feels. I although, mean, that although is a important, daily, totally it is a daily thing, and it's extremely valuable. There's a subtle difference in the two. Right, it's like what do you want your days to look like? Like your what is the good life? Ultimately, should it should be able to achieve your mission statement. Mm-hmm. You know, or or vice versa. You can kind of swap the two, but yeah, kind of uh, processing this in the moment. Yeah, we're kind of processing that in the moment. <laughs> it makes sense to me in my mind. Yeah, maybe we'll listen to this later and be like, "Whoa, we sw- we swapped that up." What are we talking about? Uh, uh, no, but um, you know, just to go behind the scenes with you guys. Yeah, uh, you know, this is totally something we're working through, and we've we've been making some really tough decisions lately because of just the life we want to live Mm -hmm. and what we want to be known for. And, um, you know, we look at these examples of people that we really respect or people we've read about in books that we honor and admire their relationship. And then we look at their lifestyle, you know, similarly to what John Mark Comer was talking about of like, in order to, you know, be like Jesus, you got to live the lifestyle of Jesus. And Aj and I are comparing a lot of these people we honor and respect and look up to, to our lifestyle and realizing, hmm, they don't necessarily line up. So why would we ever think we're going to achieve Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. So we've been having to say no to some stuff and reframe our world a little bit. And uh, I think on a future podcast, we'll definitely dive deeper into this with you guys and let you know exactly, um, you know, what we, you know, how we did it and and whatnot, but uh, I don't think I don't think now is the right time. We'll do. We're it. just not ready. We're still. Yeah, in the we're, we're still of kind it. of in process, but uh, the podcast isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Um, we don't think. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> podcast isn't going anywhere. We like this a lot, and we find a lot of joy uh, mm-hmm. with the podcast. But um, there's I just. Think, all, yeah. I think we're also just finding ourselves in a position of you know, and maybe you guys listening are too, just. With getting close to heading into the new year, it's kind of that time where, you know, although we're in the thick of the holidays right now, it's that time of the year where you kind of, where you do take inventory of your life and reassess and and what do you want your life to be? And you make some changes and you, you know, create some new habits and goals and all of that. And that's always, this is always the time of the year that Jerry and I kind of reassess and have our navigators council, so to speak, of like... Where where are we headed and and are we on the trajectory that we want to be on? But I also think that having this, you know, being as pregnant as I am right now with baby number two on the horizon, that's also kind of like heightened that and added to those conversations or f- fuel in the fire for those conversations totally. because we know our life is going to change dramatically again when we have baby boy here pretty soon. And um, so that coupled with just it being this season of realizing, you know, we could do all these things, but do we want to do all these things? And then how does baby well, number two we, change that? Yeah, and the, the problem is like, we want to do all these things and we can do all of these things, but doing all those things puts you into a lifestyle or demands a lifestyle that we don't necessarily think is healthy mm-hmm. and would demand us to live a certain way that I would not want to model or tell anyone, like, follow my example. <laughs> yeah, that's Like, that's you know, kind of like what Emily Lay said, like, you can have these accolades, but then, mm-hmm. or be on the inside of Forbes but magazine. But on the library floor. <laughs> or be on the inside of Forbes magazine, but every time you look at the photo, you say, wow, I was so miserable, you know? Mm. Not that she said that, I'm just saying. Yeah, You could totally. achieve these things, but be dead on the inside, and we don't want to be dead on the inside. So that's just a little quick, you know, where we're at later. Where we're at moment. Um, that's our that's our roses and thorns combined right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all good stuff. Here's the thing. Good problems are still problems though. And we're just we're working through this. And as we pray about it and and you know, process it, we just we know there's some changes ahead in our life and and whatnot. And so uh, I think Aj and I have always done a pretty good job of bringing you guys and people along our story and our journey. And we did that very well in a love letter life, our book, and so we'll we'll continue to do that because we think um, 
you know, one of the most powerful things on the planet is story. And when you can share your story with others, it's how everyone learns and grows. So, so that's what we plan to do, but now is not now we're just kind of introing the conversation Mm -hmm. because we think this is a very valuable topic that we're definitely going to be covering more of in the future. Mm -hmm. So thanks for hearing us out. Yeah. And if you guys, you know, as we're kind of planning the future of this podcast, just wanted to mention real quick, in case you guys don't follow behind the scenes podcast on Instagram, that's kind of our primary place of letting you guys know, you know, Mm -hmm. what episodes are coming out and asking for feedback. We would love to know who you guys would want us to sit down and talk with in 2020. This is we're kind of planning out the next year. What topics do you want just Jared and I to talk about? Um, and what things, you know, what people can we bring on the show to give some, yep. some more behind the scenes insight on other things that Jared and I don't know th- much about. So um, would love your guys' feedback on that. Again, like I said, it's behind the scenes podcast on Instagram. That's usually where we would put out like questions and places for you guys to comment, to let us know um, your ideas, your thoughts, your feedback, your suggestions. So yep. please let us know there. Um anything that we can help to provide um, new insight for you guys in 2020. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And since we're talking about the podcast, if you are an avid listener, a consistent listener, uh, and you have not yet left a review, they do matter and they do help. It is how uh, iTunes and uh, Stitcher and Spot, it's how they all categorize algorithmically the podcast. And so it helps us be seen. It helps us get on the pages and um, and all that's wrapped into how the podcast is engaged with not just downloads, but also reviews and everything else. So it's free, just takes 12 seconds of your time and we'd really appreciate it. So yeah. thank you guys um, for listening and for sharing the podcast with your friends and family and on socials and all the things. Have a good week. Talk to you soon. Bye.